Hi everyone, this is Yara Stark and welcome to An Entrepreneur's Journey podcast interview. I have a very special guest on the line today. This is special for me mainly because I've been uh, involved with this particular uh, entrepreneur, blogger, for uh, on and off for quite a while and seen this this story go from the start to where it is today. So um, I think it's going to be a really great story for you guys to learn a lot from and be inspired by. And uh, it all evolves around uh, Fran Kerr. Thank you for joining me. Absolute pleasure, Yarrow, and thank you for calling me a very special entrepreneur. You're wonderful. <laughs> That's a good start. <laughs> so uh, Fran runs highonhealth.org, who you probably, or what you've heard of probably before if you read my blog. I've linked to it a few times and done an interview and video before with Fran. Uh, and, and it's a great story. This is a, a person who's turned her passion into a, a full-time income source and done it through various different ways, which is really interesting to learn about. So Fran, I'd love to start at the beginning. And I guess the best way to start this is A, um, what exactly is High on Health about? And, and I know it might be difficult to answer that specifically, but you know, what, what do you think people get out of it? And uh, you know, how, how has it changed your life? And then we'll break it down. Right. Um, there are a few questions there. So which one do you want me to start with? <laughs> well, you you pick, pick the one you want. Okay. Um, I might start with telling everyone how I started with the blogging and, and how I actually got into blogging about my niche at the moment, which is kind of natural skincare, kind of natural acne treatment, a little bit of raw food stuff chucked in there as well. So a lot of nutrition. Um, I started the blog, I I think it was actually late 2007, really just as a hobby because I met you, Garrow, and we were friends and you were raving about this great blog that you were doing and how, how it was your job and I thought, wow, that's cool but I really can't see myself doing that because you know, I've got a great office job and I'm earning good money. And that's actually, before you even tell me the rest of that story, what was your office job and like, what have you been doing before you got into blogging? Oh, okay. Um, I studied multimedia at, at university which is kind of a mix between IT and graphic design, which is actually quite helpful now. Um, and the job I was doing at the time, I was working for the government in education. So I was doing distance learning, so a bit of programming there and a bit of project management, that kind of thing. So I had a government job, nine to five government job. Yeah. Which is pretty stable, right? It was a great job. It, I had a good income. It was, you know, not the best job in the world. I didn't love it, but it was a good job. You know, it was very stable. Yeah. Okay. And before that, had you had any of your own businesses or websites or anything like that? I had a very bad web development business. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us more about that. You obviously you've been an entrepreneur before you were a blogger. Yeah, I think I have definitely have an entrepreneurial streak in me. And I finished uni and I wasn't ready for a nine to five job. So I just started off a web development business, and it was really just a two year holiday. I didn't work too much, and I just just managed to scrape by. Yeah. Okay, so you must have um, <laughs> learned a little bit about what it takes to run your own business then. Did that turn you off or, or inspire you? Um, probably a bit of both. I really enjoyed the freedom, but I also loved the stability working in an office job. I really liked liked that, the regular income stream, definitely. Okay, so, yeah. so <clears throat> excuse me, it must have been, uh, I guess, mixed emotions then deciding to start another business, uh, an online business and... You know, initially doing it while you're working a job. So, how did you? I've got two questions here. How did you choose your topic, and how did you start working on it, developing it at the same time as your full-time job? Because I know you did that initially. Yeah. Well, to be honest, I I did not believe you at all that I would be able to make an income from a blog. When you were telling me I should just start a blog on whatever I wanted, I was like, yeah, sure, and. 
oh, I might just give this a go as a hobby, more because it just looks like fun, not be, not for any reason at all that. If I knew I'd be sitting here now knowing that I'm making a, a good income from blogging, I would not have believed it at all. So I'm sorry if that's sort of <laughs> news to you now that I didn't <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm glad we smashed that belief. So yeah. hopefully we can smash it for some other people listening too. Yeah. So I started one really just as a hobby. It was really just for fun. And I enjoy natural health. I've always loved natural health. And it was a very broad blog. And I was a little bit nervous about starting it. I wrote my first article. and I spent a lot of time on it. And putting it out to the world was a big step. But then no one came and no one read it. And then I realized it was not as much of a big deal as I thought starting up the blog so I sort of relaxed into it and I just started to write more articles about this general natural health topic which is really broad and, and um, why did you know about that well I I guess I'm really lucky my parents were into natural health when I was very young so I, I would go to natural therapists and my mum was always very concerned about you know giving us good food and avoiding additives and it's just in my personality it's just what I really like it's you know everyone's got a hobby and that just seems to be one of mine alternative health yeah okay so you you had studied that while you were doing multimedia and, and just as for fun just for fun really okay. I, I've done a little bit on and off I can't even remember when it was definitely before I started that blog um, studied twice I studied holistic counseling and nutritional medicine at college here in Brisbane um, but nothing really to make a career out of it it's just it was just a big interest for me okay so naturally you thought that was the best topic for your blog because that was yeah, your passion yeah, I like to research it and I like to read about it. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so how did you, you know, you started this blog, you're, you're still working your full-time job, you're doing it, as you said, you relaxed into it and just sort of experimented. How did yeah. you come up with stuff to write about? I was just inspired by my life. I think at the time I, I had come out of a very long relationship and um, perhaps I was, I think my very first article was sort of about that, how I kind of dealt with how I helped heal my heart and... Then just stuff that I was reading about or researching, it was really just, I don't know, it's a hard question because I never really have to and I still don't have to think about what I write about. I just write about something that I'm, I'm thinking about in the day or that I'm doing. It's just the topics just come to me really quickly. Does that make sense? It, it does. And it's funny. It makes sense to me because I'm the same and I think a lot of bloggers out there who are passionate about their subject are. But there's some people out there who get um, bloggers block. You know, they, they can't right. come up with things to write about. And I think it's always interesting um, that people who don't have that problem have trouble explaining why they don't. It's like, yeah. what do you mean? There's so many things we could write about. You know, how could you get stuck? I, I think in your case, you're, you, must be, you must be immersing yourself in your, in, your, in your passion. Are you reading magazines, books, hanging out with people who are in that area? Like, or are yeah. you just sort of walking down the street and you think, hmm, that's interesting, I might write about it. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I honestly feel probably not so much in, in the beginning, but absolutely now my blog is really an extension of my life. So you go to my blog and you're getting my complete personality in there. And it could just be a smoothie that I've made that morning that I've, I've made the smoothie and it's amazing and I want to blog about it or a, you know, a raw food dessert that I've made or it could be that I've been trialing using um, honey as a cleanser to wash my face and that just seems to be amazing. It's just because I've, I've done that in my life anyway and I've thought, oh, well, that's working really well. Might as well blog about it. Or, you know, it could be that I've, I've planted some aloe vera and it's growing well and I want to tell people about it. So really is just my own life and I want to share it. Kind of like you go onto Facebook and you want to share something that you're doing in your own life but this is just a little bit longer. It's in a blog post or it's in a video. And you own it, which is a good thing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. So let's take this 
uh, process further forward? You, you're, you're blogging on a regular basis? Was it once a day or, or how often? In the beginning? Yeah. Uh, probably not too much. It was probably once a week, I'm guessing, in the beginning. Yeah. As I said, people weren't really coming in and it was kind of really just a hobby and sort of to test it out, to see what you were going on about, that it was, you know, this, this life was so great and this blogging was so great. And yeah, just, just probably once a week. And, um, then, then I developed really, really bad skin, really bad acne out of nowhere and I got extremely distressed about it. And I guess the blog kind of turned into a bit of a journal for me, a bit of a healing journal. And I started to blog about what I was trying to, to do to fix it and also the emotional side of it as well and how I was dealing with it. And I started to write blog posts a lot more regularly then, probably every two or three days, which is what I've maintained ever since. And that's when people started to come. Now, that's a good, uh, interesting topic because I know when we sort of discussed the early days of your blogging, you weren't sure why people would come to your blog. And I, I, I think I must have said this and I, probably, I keep saying it, you know, you've got to write blogs around problems. And, you know, initially your blog might have been a little bit generic and I probably would have said you, you really should try and find a specific a niche that's more drilled down. Uh, was it, I guess, coincidence that acne kind of hit you at that time and that happens to be a problem that a lot of people suffer from? And do you think that, I guess, made a difference to the, the type of audience you attracted and, and how your audience grew? Oh, absolutely. And I guess it was kind of a blessing in disguise getting that acne condition because um, I think I would have really struggled with the how big the topic of natural health actually was and trying to sort of cover everything and cover it really in depth because I was just scraping the surface with everything in there. But when I did get the acne condition and started writing about it, I could really explore all aspects of it and everything and really get right in there and try and try to find solutions. And I think that's what people really enjoyed reading something where it was kind of like a one-stop shop where they could get all the information that I was researching and doing so they didn't have to actually go and research themselves they could actually just come to my blog yeah and how did the traffic growth go like uh, a lot of people think will say it's very slow to start with and how is your blog's growth rate oh um it's it's difficult to remember because it's been a while now um yeah, when was this? 2007 we, we this started, is, uh, right? So. 2007. I, I just sort of got serious into blogging in the beginning of 2008. So it might have been halfway through 2007 that kind of the blog hobby started. Uh -huh. And then the serious blog started beginning 2008. Um, you know, what is it now? It's, it's mid-2010. I'm now averaging 3,000 unique visitors a day. I remember getting to 500 was, took a long time. It was really difficult to get there. But 500 to 3,000 was really fast. Definitely. Mm, yeah, that's yeah. that's a common uh, story, isn't it? The growth is really terribly slow to begin with, and then it sort of hits a tipping point, and off you go. Yeah, yeah. When did you start trying to make money from it? Around that 500 unique visitors a day mark. I think that was actually around the six month period, to be honest. Okay. What did you What, what did you try first? Hmm. Again, yeah. I'm trying to. Remember. <laughs> I think the first thing I actually did, to be honest, and this might have been a little bit before the six-month mark, was to put Google AdSense on. And I think this was after a conversation with you and about it. And I was like, oh, look, you know, I'm doing this and not making any money from it. And you're saying, look, just, it's probably a little bit early. Just put Google AdSense on just because you might make a little bit of money from it. So I did. And I think after a couple of days, I might have made a dollar. <laughs> 
score. I'm really happy to make that dollar. I was so happy and I was excited to see that I actually had made some money from it, even if it was just a dollar or two dollars. It was nice just to see it, just to see that. And I just sat with that for a while and I have to say, Garrett was really, really hard and, and you know this, we've talked a lot about it. You've even you even had conversations with me at the time where after six months I was a terrible mess about this whole blogging thing. I I felt like I was putting in so much work. Um, I think at one stage I was working six days a week on it and putting lots of hours in all of those six days and I hadn't really monetized it yet. I just had those that AdSense on there, which was making obviously more than a dollar a day by then, but not not too much more. Um, and I was terribly frustrated and I was crying and I was thinking, I'm so sick of doing this where I'm not making any money and working so hard. I gave up a really great office job for this and I'm helping people every day. I'm getting heaps, a dozen questions in my inbox every, every morning that I check my email and I, I felt really um, down about it and I felt like I was unappreciated for the amount of work that I was doing, not making any money from it. So then, you know, after... It was interesting how it all crashed then and there and I could have given it up. It was a real turning point. I either stuck with it or I gave it up. And I have to be so thankful to you for making me stick with it and saying, no, you absolutely have to stick with it. You put all this work in because it was so quick from, from after that crashing time that I actually started to monetize, that I started to make money and then it, it really accelerated. And now I know it's kind of like I'm sitting on a, a gold mine, really. It just depends on how much work I put into it and how much I create and how many, how much um, new things that I sell or, or want to sell. Does that make sense? No, it does. I'm curious to say when you say you crashed, was this emotional or did the actual blog crash or what do you No, the blog didn't crash. It was it was emotional. It was completely emotional, yeah. And I'm wondering if everyone kind of goes through this and it was just a moment of, of complete frustration at um and I, I'm sure it's not just blogging, I'm sure it's all businesses as well. You really need to put in that initial work to sort of build it before you can really start profiting from it. Although the great thing about blogging is you don't need to put much money in it to begin with really um yeah it was interesting how it was a real turning point for me that emotional crash just just the frustration of not earning money from putting all that work in yeah yeah that's the interesting point there and i'm, I'm noticing this from some other people too is the amount you're putting out there and you're also in your case you were getting asked a lot of questions you were getting people emailing you expecting free advice and you were going, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm happy to help you, but at some point this has to be my bread and butter. So, exactly. you're, like you said, feeling underappreciated. So it's almost like the money, while it's also a tool to live off, it's it's a, a tool to reinforce your self-esteem about what you're doing as well, right? So Absolutely, definitely. Yeah. I remember in the beginning I was getting, when I got my first big email from someone wanting my help um, about their skin, in the beginning I was like, yeah, this is great. Someone trusts me so much. They want my advice and I'd write them a massive email back and that went on for, you know, a few weeks and after that I was like, whoa, I'm getting several emails every day like this from people sending me massive essays of, of their life story and questions about them and they really trust me a lot with my advice and yeah, it just got really overwhelming at one stage. Yeah. Okay, so you made it through the crash and, uh, you know, I guess it's an emotional roller coaster ride for everyone. So you, you sort of managed to ride the roller coaster and, and kept going. I would really like to say again, you know, how how important it is that people do actually stick with it because 
honestly, if you weren't there, I would not have. I definitely would not have. And it's if people don't have that kind of understanding from someone or that sort of support, I don't know if they would because I wouldn't have. And I am so grateful that I actually did stick with it. So it's, it's a really, really important point right there. All right. Everyone get a mentor. That's, that's the tip there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm actually, before we continue the story, I just want to briefly touch on, I guess, more of a practical element with this. Uh, you, you have been blogging for a long time and you were doing this all by yourself, technically, right? You had, you set up the blog, you did all, yeah. everything, yeah. right? Yeah, well, it helped actually having that multimedia background and I realize now with friends of mine, I have a few friends that are wanting to start their blogs now and I can see that they're really struggling with that, um, not really struggling, but I can set up a blog, but just the little design changes. Yep. That was really, I was really lucky that I was able to actually do that myself. Yeah, definitely an advantage to have the, the tech aspect um, handled. Obviously, for other people, you know, going out there and getting someone to help with that, I, I don't. I didn't have that advantage, to be honest. Like I've seen the changes you made to your blog, and I couldn't do some of the things you did. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> like even for example, your your graphic in the top of your blog at highonhealth.org, I couldn't probably do the photo with, <laughs> with it like that. So oh, that yeah. was easy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's keep going with the story. You you, you make you. What was I guess the the turning point? Like what? How did you keep moving, and and what encouraged you to continue? Um, besides me. <laughs> yeah, well, besides you forcing me, yeah. <laughs> you have to stick with it. Um, I, I think the first thing I probably started to sell was my ebook, and I released that. I did a little, very, very small minor launch, nothing, nothing big, and it sold very, very slowly in the beginning. I wasn't selling one every day, um, okay, but look, every time I made a sale, I was happy. Uh, I'm curious that, though, this ebook. How'd you write it? Oh, um, I had a lot of fun actually writing that ebook. I, I spent a lot of time sitting in cafes writing about it. Was really just um, my own experiences of how I cleared my own skin through diet. Okay, so it's a guide to getting rid of acne through diet. Diet, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I know these are the basic questions, but it's it's just a doc document you typed up and converted into a PDF. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's easy as that. Yeah, I started to write this massive ebook about how to clear acne with with using you know, all the different holistic steps, and it got to twenty one thousand words, and I wasn't even halfway done. I thought this is just turning into a massive reference book. It's just too big, so I decided to niche it right down, and I decided to make it about um, diet in particular. And I had planned at the time on writing a series of ebooks, which didn't really eventuate. Maybe it will soon. Um, yeah, but it's been really successful and, and it's helped a lot of people. Yeah. And it really was just writing out in a Word document, throwing in some pictures and making it into a PDF. And how did you sell it? Like how did you have a sales page and, and what payment system did you use? Yeah, definitely sales page. I really struggle with sales pages a lot. So that was a little bit tricky for me. Um, but I, I put up a sales page and I sell through ClickBank, which is wonderful. I absolutely love ClickBank. It's, it's great. Okay, so you and you only used your blog, I presume, to sell it. Did, did, was that a case of just writing a blog post and seeing who bought it, or by then did you have your email list? I don't think we've covered the email list yet. So. Oh yeah, email list. Yep, yeah, I love my email list, and that's the main the main way that I sell the ebook even now. So I sell it through through the email list. It was just writing a a um, a newsletter in the sequence of my newsletter that actually promotes the book. And, um, yeah, I've got advertising in my blog. I've got advertising in my YouTube channel as well. 
And I also have right in the beginning when people sign up to my mini course, so that's signing up to my email list, I've got a, a it's like how to clear acne seven day or seven step mini course in there. And that's got a lot of advertisements for my book there. So every, at the bottom of every page, there's an advertisement for my book. Now, I can't remember the sequence there and you probably can't either, but you went from starting the blog and then you, you had a sort of general topic of holistic health, then you got acne. So yeah. then you started to write about how you were helping to treat your acne. Then yeah. you probably thought, um, this is a very specific niche, and we probably agreed that was a good way to go. I think then you started the email newsletter as an extension of the blog just by putting an opt-in box on it. Was that sound right? Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, when people ask me now, the people that I'm, I'm around who, who, you know, asking me advice about selling blogs, I always tell them to start that email list as soon as they can because... It really is. It has been the most successful thing for me in making money because it's been a really great tool for promotion for everything that I sell. But it wouldn't have anyone on it without the blog. Exactly. Yeah. You need to provide free content. You need to provide free content of value to actually um, have people want to hear from you. Definitely. They go. They have to go together. Yeah. Okay. So you, you did the steps well. You started a blog, great free content, then started an email list put a sequence of emails into it about helping people deal with their acne. Yeah. Then when you finished writing your ebook, you were able to put a, uh, some emails in your email list as well as some banners on your blog and, and start making some sales. So, you know, you said the sales were slow to begin with. Like how much was the ebook? The ebook sells for 27 US dollars. And I think I get about 23 or 25 of that through ClickBank. Yeah. And nowadays you sell how many? At least one a day, yeah, as a minimum, yeah. Okay, so that's awesome. So that that's already, and that's been for how long now? You've been selling one a day? Oh, it's been a good two years, I think. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so that's... Yeah. I calculated it all up the other day, and I got quite excited about how much just me sitting in cafes enjoying myself with a cup of tea, writing out something on a, on a Word document has generated this many thousand dollars. I can't remember how much it is, but it's a lot, you know, when you sell at least one a day, yeah. And even on my, um, when I was out, running this morning I was this is really bad it shows me how addicted I am to email actually when I was out <laughs> running I take my um, iPhone with me because I listen to music I'm running and I was coming home and often when I'm coming home I check my email on my iPhone and I had four book sales because I've got two books now and I noticed in my my email so like, great I've sold two books I'm like great I've sold four books last night in my sleep how awesome is that it's just, it's like magic. It really is. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. It's, it's, you're right, it's addictive. I know when I started making affiliate sales and I had a BlackBerry very briefly back before the iPhone and, and you get those emails and it's like, you've made money. It's, it's very exciting. <laughs> so, <laughs> it is, it is great. Yeah. Okay, now you mentioned before, and this is, I think, really important to talk about, um, YouTube. So I think this is something I didn't really teach you to do because I don't make heavy use of YouTube, but you do. So tell me, what's the deal with that? Oh, I was so proud of myself that I actually taught you something, Yari. <laughs> YouTube thing. Um, and inspired Gideon. Um, yeah, I, YouTube is really, really wonderful. And it, it really came out of my extreme laziness. Um, I started... Well, it was a really random way that I actually got into doing YouTube. I was I was intending on actually selling stuff through eBay and I did a whole big eBay course and really wanted to take it seriously and actually recorded a video to put on my about page. I think there's some kind of about me page in eBay. 
And at the time I thought, wow, that was kind of fun and really easy. I might just have a go at recording a blog post by video. So I recorded one and I enjoyed the process and my, my readers or my audience really loved it as well. And I enjoyed that extra feedback I got in YouTube because there seemed to me in the beginning stages of my blog, and this is right in the beginning of, of my blog as well, it might have been within the first six months, like probably um, just in the beginning stages of when I started to take my blog seriously. I really enjoyed that extra extra traffic from YouTube and responding to comments in YouTube as well was really good for me in the beginning. It was kind of like there weren't that many people coming to my blog, but there were lots of people watching my videos in YouTube, so it made it more worthwhile. Okay, so you got that feedback that you weren't seeing so much in blog comments. Exactly, mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. How do you initially record those videos? How did you make them? I had a really terrible webcam <laughs> on my old um, PC notebook that did the job. It was okay. It, it was, if you go back to some of my, um, I actually have some friends that have gone to some of my first YouTube videos and I've said I look like a completely different person and and I do and I think that's partially to do with the quality of the webcam and also I was probably very nervous in the beginning stages as well yeah mm, that's but you, a good... you can use anything at all really to record video well, what do you do today with recording video well I've gone through many different steps I went from that to I got a Mac and actually the camera on a Mac is great I've got a MacBook Pro and it's really really good and the audio is not too bad either so I spent a long time probably a good year at least recording videos from my MacBook but now I've, I've I'm following in Gideon's advice, and which I love. He's so good at doing video and so good at doing video online. And um, I've bought the Flip and I've got the little audio device that I carry around, carry around with me. And I often go to parks and really enjoy it. And I set up my Flip camera and my little audio audio um, recorder. And, yeah, I, I record video that way. And it's high definition and the sound quality is excellent as well. And it, it does make a huge difference. Now, before you use video, you had no experience in front of a camera or, or talking or speaking Absolutely. on stage or anything, right? So not at all. So no. how did you get the you know the the, the balls you know to, to get over this fear of, of the fact that you're going to be basically be performing on a camera because you you sort of sit down and talk to the the audience, right? That's how you do it. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, it was laziness, and that was probably the biggest reason why I did it. I actually find it a lot of fun as well, and now I I just love it. I really enjoy it. I I thrive in front of the camera. I, I really do love being in front of the camera. But it did take me probably a good year of being sort of a little bit nervous and a little bit self-conscious about it before I actually got there. I don't think that's particularly normal. I think for people it often takes it's a lot faster before they get comfortable in front of a camera. But it definitely did take me that long. And I hate it how people can go and see some of my first videos because you can really tell. <laughs> some of them I look cranky and I'm not cranky, I'm just nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the angry videos really sell well, don't they? <laughs> oh, that's what I thought at the beginning, but no, people do appreciate a, a happy yeah. smiling face. Yeah. It's really yeah. important for me as well, um, I have to add that in Yara, that because I do have a beauty blog and a skincare blog, it's really important that people actually do see me and they can see my skin and they can see when I talk about beauty that I, I do take care of myself and I do take care of my skin. And also because it's a health topic that I do look, I get a lot of comments from people that are saying I do look healthy and vibrant. And I think that goes a long way when they can actually see my, my picture, my moving picture. Yeah, credibility. 
Yeah. Okay. Okay, so you don't do just video, though. I mean, I, I checked your blog yesterday, I think, and you had written a 3,000-word article, and I was like, wow, that's big. So unusual for me. Yeah. So unusual. <laughs> um, I have to say that when I go and do a video, it's really a f a spending a lot of fun time in a park and then recording a video for 10 minutes. So it's very quick, and you know, uploading it as well takes time, but I can you know, set it to upload and then go and do the washing or you know, go and make dinner or whatever. Um, but the article that I wrote that was 3,000 long, it, it's an article, so 3,000 words, it's an article that I really wanted to write about because it was a big topic that I feel very passionate about, which is rare for me to actually write. But um, I struggled with it because it took me about a week of researching and many hours of writing, which in comparison to doing the video is, is it took a lot more of my time. It took a lot more. And trust me, I tried to do a video about it first, but I had some freaky things happening with my camera trying to do that topic. I, my camera kept not working and the batteries kept going flat and the article just wanted to be written. <laughs> Fair enough. Can't argue yeah. with that. Okay, so your blog has become a combination of, of text and, and video content. And in terms of traffic, I'm assuming you get quite a good chunk from YouTube, quite a good chunk from search engines, and all of these people are, are making it onto your email list. Well, not all of them, but some of them are making it onto your email list and your RSS feed, and, and that's how, how the system works in developing an audience. Is, is that a good summary? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the only marketing I really do is, well, no marketing because I just put the videos up. But I tried doing the whole writing and forums thing and it wasn't me. I found it really boring. Um, I know there's even things you can do to get your videos out to more sites, but I just, I don't know, the laziness I think kicked in again there. But I found that doing the videos was really good enough to get the traffic and now I can... I can kind of mix it up and if I feel like writing, sometimes I do feel like writing and I will write and I can do a combination and it, I get 3,000 unique visitors a day still. It seems to be perfect. It seems to work really well. What, how, why? Like, <laughs> why do people, in your opinion, why do they, how have you built an audience? Because your, your proactive marketing here is um, limited. You're basically just creating content and putting it on some places. You know, how, how are people finding you? What do you think is the secret here? Oh, that's an interesting question because I probably don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, it must be YouTube. It really must be. And also just having the blog out there for a while. I think, to be honest, um, and I don't like talking about myself as if I'm so great because I think I'm just as good as everyone else is out there um, and everyone can do it. But it really does make a difference with your personality on the videos. So I never script or write a video I'm just on there and it's my own real personality and I think people really appreciate the um me not having a mask on my videos and that I'm a genuine personality and they really resonate well with that and then I do often make mistakes and I might say silly things that don't make sense or you know I'm a real person and I think people really yeah they really resonate well mm -hmm. with it so you're probably getting a combination of traffic from Google and then traffic from YouTube and that's that's it really that would be the and of course you repeat visitors that's it yeah, yeah that's it yeah. okay and and the reason why you get traffic from Google is because you've just written articles for and produced content for well, three years now right so you know, yeah yeah you're... my videos come up in Google as well yeah, yeah, okay. you do search, yeah all right so I think we've pretty much covered how you built this machine and we know that you make money from well two ebooks now one to begin with and you only just launched the other one recently uh, and like you said, it's nice to wake up to some sales, but you've done some other things to make money as well. Can you take us through the next step? So you released the first ebook, and then what did you? What was the next plan? 
Um, I released the ebook, and then because you have sponsors too, right? Some some banner sponsors that that they yeah, can. Yeah, yeah, I do have some sponsors. It's not the biggest money earner on my blog, and I think in my particular industry, my niche, it's that's really slow to build. And I do have a couple of sponsors that have stayed with me for a really long time. One of them has been with me for two years now. Um, but yeah, that's just a small, really a small section. What I, I kind of went to from the ebook was I started selling a physical product. I started selling a moisturizer that was a real, really interesting synchronicity thing. Ended up in New York and stumbling into the store, and which was recommended to me, but I just sort of ended up in front of it and tried the moisturizer out and absolutely loved it. It's a raw organic moisturizer and it's beautiful and decided to sell it. And I don't, to be honest, I don't even know why I decided to sell it, but I just did. Seems like something that would be a real hassle when eBooks are so easy. And I have to be honest that physical products are a lot more work than um, digital products. Um, but my audience just really loves buying physical products. They want to buy moisturizers and cleansers and, and face products. Yeah, so how did I, you do this though? So you walked in the store, you found this product. It's like a what is it? It's be yummy, right? This is a skin. be yummy skin food. Yeah, it's great. Okay, so yeah. it's, a, it's a moisturizer <laughs> made it's out of moisturizer. Yeah, and I, I tried it, and I thought, wow, this is this is perfect. It's, it's so good for acne prone skin and people who suffer from acne. I really have to tell people about this, and wouldn't it be wonderful if I could sell it? So I negotiated with it's a very very small store in Manhattan, in New York. It's not a big business at all. And they only sell it. You can only buy it physically from a store from that one place in Manhattan. You can buy it online, but physically only from there. So I negotiated with them to get them to drop ship for a while. So they were actually drop shipping for me. So, so you're, was, in a, you're in Australia too when you did all this negotiating, right? So you found it in New actually, York. Actually, no, no. I was traveling around the world, which is even harder. So I was finding internet. I think I was in Canada for a bit. I was in, New York, in um, USA, I was in Canada, and then I was through Europe, and I was, you know, um, doing all this stuff. I remember the orders were actually a real mess at one stage. Um, I was in Glasgow trying to find an internet cafe with a you know, connection so that I could actually sort it out, which was a real hassle, but it sorted itself out. But yeah, I was traveling around the world trying to, trying to do it. Mm. Okay, so you're dropshipping <laughs> as a skincare product, organizing it around the world while writing your blog and maintaining, you know, everything else. How how did like did you eventually not drop ship? Did you start to um, buy wholesale or anything for the the be the first product? Or I can't remember. Yeah, well, I was drop shipping for a while, which is great. I was just I was really lucky. I was sending them the orders, and it just seems like a dream come true. It was so easy. It was like a digital product. I didn't have to do Actually, anything. It's worth explaining because people may not know what drop shipping is. So can you just right, how right. that worked? Um, well, how well how it worked with them? I think drop shipping officially when the companies actually do it well can be a little bit different but the way that we did it was I was receiving the orders people were paying me through PayPal and then I would put them all in a spreadsheet and then I would email that spreadsheet off to live live and they would actually um, send me an invoice so I'd charge me wholesale prices but they would do all the packaging and shipping for me so I didn't have to see any physical product or do any physical shipping myself at all I was just collecting the money doing all the marketing and purchasing wholesale off the business. Okay. Yeah. And then you changed that. Yeah, I changed it because Live Live, although I love them to bits and they're really wonderful and they're a very great green ethical business, um, they were a bit slow with the orders and they were um, sometimes orders weren't being shipped for two weeks after I received and sent them 
send it off to them. So my customers were getting really unhappy. And I remember once, and this was in Glasgow actually at that time when I was trying to find an internet cafe, I had seven complaints from customers in that one day from customers who weren't getting their product. And I realized I had to, had to change. So I was there in Europe organizing to get um, wholesale shipment of Live Live sent to Australia to my sister who would then package it off usually back to the States from where it came from. <laughs> um, that's the best way that I could make the customers happy and make things run smoothly. And now it's it's good because I have have several products from all different places, mainly from Australia now. So it, drop shipping sort of doesn't work because now I need to actually, if people are buying a Be Yummy and then they're buying like a, a hemp product that I have and another product, then I've got an assistant who works with me who she keeps all the stock and she packages it for me and she ships it off. Yeah. Okay, you kind of wished ahead there. So, did to sell? You had the Be Yummy product, and you had all these other products, and and you took control by it by actually, you know, buying them wholesale and, and taking them into where you live, and then shipping yeah, them to your customers yeah, directly. Yeah. Which I had, I struggled with at the first because I felt like I was being really terrible for the environment. But unfortunately, I had to put my business first this time around. Yeah, and I I brought the I was bringing the packages into Australia. Yeah, I mean that's something you've I guess dealt with that a lot of people may not consider is you've always looked for the environmental uh, option uh, if you can, which you know that's yeah, that's you know, admirable as well. Um, how did you sell? A product on a blog like was this a case of writing a blog post with a paypal link or how did it go it's so easy with video and youtube you know it's really easy what i do is i and, and i'm honest I, I have to absolutely love the product i'll only sell something that i believe is that does work and i'm truly passionate and think is a wonderful thing anyway and i'll do a video about it and because i love it anyway that that comes across so i don't have to do any fake sales and people i have so much um preeminence i guess now and people do really trust what I say that it's easy to just do the video and talk about, hey, this product's great. By the way, you can buy it from my store. And here's the link underneath the video. And you'll find that a lot of people will actually click on the link and then buy it. Now, how did you make a store? Right. My store, in the beginning, I had a plugin for WordPress, which um, was okay for a while. And... It looked all right. It looked a little bit clunky, but it had so many problems, and I was very frustrated with it. So it's a plugin that that creates an online sort of shopping cart in your WordPress blog. Is that? Yeah, that's that's what I had in the beginning for about a year. Okay, and what's? And do you remember the name of that plugin, just in case someone wants to find it? Or I think it it was it's changed. It was either WP Shopping Cart, and it's moved to WP E Commerce, or the other way around. Okay. But I think that's it now. WP E Commerce. It's okay. Does the job. But there are a lot of problems with it. And I um, realized when about maybe three months ago, I had enough of it just falling apart and breaking and, and just not looking anything like I wanted it to and it being extremely unusable. Um, I bought, well, I, it's kind of like you rent a shopping, shopping space mm -hmm. at big, big commerce which you can actually go to my blog and take a look to see what it is. And I pay about 25 US dollars a month for that. And you can customize it. You can put your own little banner on there. And it is just beautiful. It is a wonderful shopping cart. And my sales have doubled since I've changed to that system, which is huge. And I wish I'd known that a lot earlier. So it's called yeah. what? Big Commerce? B-I-G-Commerce.com? Is that right. it? Yeah. Okay. Big, big Commerce. Or yeah. just go to highonhealth.org.com and uh, sorry, highonhealth.org or .com. They both work. And you can check, click the shop button on 
friend's yep. blog and you'll see the shop, which I think looks, yeah, it looks really professional. It's great and it just works so well. You can sell gift vouchers and you can um, give discount codes to people and it can plug straight into your accounting system, which I haven't done yet, which I should. And um, It's got top yeah, sellers I can see here. So how many products are you selling now? Um, I think there's about... 11 or so and you can even sell digital products in there too which is great so there's another place that I can sell my ebooks as well so I can sell them there or I can sell them um, through ClickBank too okay so yeah. you do both now yeah and the great thing about big commerce selling digital products is you get all of it so you sell for $13 and you get $13 or minus if you use PayPal as your, as your payment system then obviously they're going to take a small cut mm. but nowhere near as much as ClickBank does so I make more profit from the ebook sales in in that, so you yeah. direct and, people there now, I presume, to buy the ebooks or? No, I probably should do that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, if you've got less fees that way, I, I thought you actually sent people well, directly to PayPal. There are so. there is actually one thing that doesn't work too well with it. To be honest, with the digital products, it's great; it does everything for you. But um, we have to me or my assistant. We actually have to mark in as completed the order is completed so they're not necessarily getting an instant link where uh, clickbank works beautifully it goes straight away so it's only five minutes that they have to wait but we have to actually physically right. mark their payment as yes we've received their payment okay. and, and verify that we have yeah and i see the shopping cart has like a nice facility to to sell more products like once you've clicked to buy one it says you might also like to buy these other things and it's got great pictures of the products so it must be good to sort of bundle things together like that great isn't it it's really yeah, it's awesome very cool yeah so i mean this is different i i don't like you're the only sort of example i know of who's actually selling through a shopping cart of, of my students who started a blog which is very cool and how have you found running uh, a shopping cart like how did you get 11 products and and are these all things you buy at wholesale and you do you have like a a, a cupboard somewhere where you're stocking all this stuff and then you ship <laughs> it out by hand or how does this work yeah well i don't know it's just as i said it just it just works well for me. My customers really seem to want to buy physical products. They really like it. And while it is a hassle, it is it does earn good money for me and it is definitely one of those those pieces of the puzzle which is a good income earner. Um, I've gone through a range of different products that I've sold and, and I remember I think I spent a lot of the beginning of 2009 really having fun with trying out different products in the store and at one stage I was selling raw chocolate which was a lot of fun although I found my housemates and I ate more than we sold, so I had to actually stop selling it. Um, it really just takes up a, a um, in my house here before I got my assistant, um, got an assistant, which is great now. But while I was actually doing the shipping myself, I have a linen cupboard in this house and I, I could just fit everything in two shelves of a linen, linen cupboard and that was fine. Um, the packaging boxes through the post office, they were like, all the envelopes, they took up a lot more space and all the, you know, bubble wrap, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it doesn't really take up too much. It's cool. It's like a little home business. Like it a... is, you know, and it was really fun for a year. I absolutely loved it and the post office got to know me and they thanked me for how much business I was giving Australia Post, which is really cool as well. Um, but after a year or a year and a half, it just got really boring, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> I had to go. I do. That's a very beautiful bird you have back there. <laughs> What's that, sorry? I mean, there's a little bird that keeps jumping on the interview and contributing. Sorry, I'm actually sitting out on my balcony. No, no, it's very, very authentic here. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I had to, with the, with the posting, actually physically package everything up 
and even with international orders, I had to fill out a form for everyone and go to the post office and had to do that Monday to Friday every single week with no breaks. It was always stressful when I was going away. So it was it was really good when I decided to actually hire someone, outsource and do that, someone to do that for me. And that's yeah. the first time you brought someone on to help. Yes and no. I have had um, friends do graphic design, but this is one that, oh, and a little bit of IT stuff, but this was someone who's a regular, yeah. He works works with me now um, every day. Yeah. Okay. So I think we've almost got. Just getting a little bit of feedback. Um, that's better. Thank you. <laughs> so you've got a two ebooks. You've got a shopping cart with eleven products in it that's been selling for quite a while now too. I think you've had the. How long have you had the shopping cart for? Um, or selling physical products, I should oh, say. Oh, selling physical yeah. products since probably mid-2008, so two years. Yeah. Two years. Okay, so these are both dependable income streams that you've sort of com compounded onto each other. So, yep. and, and, of course, you've got a, a sort of small base of advertising income as well. Um, are we missing anything in the picture? Um, for income-wise? Yeah, for monetization. Yeah, well, I've got the AdSense, which I do through my blog and through um, the videos as well, through YouTube Partnership, which mm -hmm. is good. And um, sponsorship, and I do have a coaching program as well. Okay, so tell us about that. Um, yeah, I started off a coaching program in last year, and it was kind of the next step after blogging, right? Do a membership site and spend a really long time developing this content, these videos, and I have to say, I don't love it. I it's okay, um, but I really do prefer selling the ebooks and selling things in the store rather than the coaching program. Yeah, I find that the hours that I put into the coaching program are, um, it's a lot more than what I what I do for everything else, yeah. Yeah, you're a good example of, like, you know, in this case, you were following the formula. You went from starting a blog, starting an email list, then a physical, uh, sorry, a, a, your first digital product, an ebook, and then the next thing is a membership site, which is obviously something I recommend to a lot of people. And and you went, th you, you worked pretty hard on this. I mean, you created, uh, like, what what's in the membership site, just to, to clarify? The membership site, it has a private forum for people to, to go into. Um, it has food recipes, skincare recipes. It's got a whole heap of audio interviews by people that have cleared their skin already. And it's got professional interviews by skincare professionals. Um, and I send out two videos, training videos a week. So that's up to an hour of video that they get a week for four months. It's just a four-month membership site. I did plan on making it six months, but I was developing the content while the first students were in, or the members, and I got to the four-month period, and to be honest, I just ran out of things to talk about, because <laughs> it is a lot. An hour a week is a real lot of information about acne, and um, I felt like I was done after the four months, and yeah, I, I also feel that it's difficult in my niche. It's really difficult because acne is such an individualized thing and what works for someone does not work for someone else and there is no complete formula that you can just put out there that will necessarily work for everyone. Sure, there's, there's a whole heap of holistic steps that I can package and give to people that will definitely clear it for some and make a huge significant significant difference for others, which is why I can sell ebooks and that kind of thing. But when it comes to a course where you really want to help people and spend a lot of time helping them, then it has to be an individualized thing, which is why for me it is just too much work because I, if I have 50 members, then I have to go in there and really 
look at the case history of each of those 50 members and come up, help them to come up with a treatment plan. So um, it's safe to say that the, the actual membership size has obviously helped some people. It's just perhaps... Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. And you've yeah. made money from it as well? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. But the amount of money that I've made and the amount of money and the amount of time that I would like to give the people, it's just doesn't seem to be worth it because I constantly feel guilty that I'm not giving each person enough time because I would really like to give them a lot of time but I'm not getting anywhere near as much as I would if, if they purchased an hour of, of a coaching call, for example. Yeah, it's interesting. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess it's, I mean, this is a personal choice. You could obviously continue to try and develop a program and, and uh, you know, the next level coaching it could, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. these, these are things to talk about in the strategy discussion. So I'm not probably not worth going into it now, but yeah. long story short, you, you, you combine now a membership site with also selling physical products, your eBooks and the advertising. So you've got four income streams coming off your blog and your email list. That's right. Yeah. And affiliate products as well. And affiliate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. And you know this, Yarrow, that it's just lots of little little income streams from so many different areas that package together, they make your income. Okay. And, and and the affiliate products, is that just a case of finding something you love and, and, and doing a video about it and posting it on your blog and in YouTube? Yeah. Yeah. Adding it to my email sequence, doing YouTube video about it. And pretty much that's it. Sometimes putting in banner advertisements as well. Yeah. And finding a product that I think is wonderful will help people and it's great. And it hasn't always been about acne or skincare. It's often been about um, nutrition and raw food. Yeah. And how have you found these products? Um, just from doing my own fun internet surfing really or being on email lists from other people or, or reading other people's blogs or Twitter, that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. So you're... you're well and truly involved involved in your industry as well so you're reading other people's blogs and and you That's enjoy right. it okay yeah definitely okay well i think we've painted a picture of what you do it actually sounds quite <laughs> tremendous in size now when you really drill down to all the different it's things it's huge yeah, <laughs> yeah. wonderful at the same time yeah but the fact is you're still basically doing this all pretty much by yourself besides your assistant who's handling the the shipping of the physical stuff so yeah, um, yeah. and and you know a day in the life of fran now what what, what do you do a day in the life of Fran, that's a really, really difficult question to answer because <laughs> I am a terrible one for routine, so I, I really don't really have one. Um, I, I've, I've told people a lot recently that I don't feel like I work. I feel like I'm one, on one continuous holiday. And while sometimes I do have, have to do things that I don't particularly want to do or don't particularly love, most of the blog is fun. And I spend probably a lot of the morning doing answering emails and, and doing sort of admin -y type things and then I'll often um, do a video or do a blog post in the afternoon or um, develop a product or you know, help change my blog design or, or do something like that. It's, it's difficult to say because what I do is always so fluid. Yeah. Yes, it's the is same. Is that kind of what you meant? Is that yeah, it's the same answer I think I'd give. Yeah. <laughs> and out, outside of the work, um, you're just living a normal life, right? Hanging with friends. Um, That's right. Yeah. And what I love is that I can do whatever I want and I get really confused now because I've forgotten what it's like to be in an office job when people you know, have to go to work and they can't just go to the beach one day if they want to and they can't just, you know, um, I really love how, well, I'm getting up really early now, but I loved how I could start mornings really slow if I wanted to so I could have a sleep in and then I could... Um, I really love making up big 
big breakfast. So I love having soups and, you know, big yummy cooked things for breakfast and then eating it in the sun and, you know, it's 10 o'clock by the time I start work and who cares because I can just work whenever I want, that kind of thing, yeah. That's a nice picture. So just to wrap it up, Fran, uh, if you had Fran of three years ago sitting in front of you who's just about to start, who's representative of a lot of the people listening to this call who, who are just starting or, or at a, a stage where they're not you know, making enough to live off, you know, what would you tell them are the most important things that you did right in, in the process that they should replicate? Right. Well, definitely persistence, I think, is the right thing and discipline. So, and they sound like really horrible, boring words, but really they're not. It just means sticking to writing a blog post every two to three days, I think, is very important. If you're leaving it for a week or if you're leaving it for two weeks, then people are going to come to blog and they're going to not think that you're taking it very seriously or are that into it either. Um, I think when people see that you're enjoying the process and loving what you're writing about, then that goes a long way, definitely. Um, and sticking with it when it wasn't earning much and really getting through that crash and, and yeah, persisting is, is definitely, definitely worked in the long run. Um, what about mindset? Like, that's that was obviously the biggest weakness. I think if you know was potentially could have put you off. Uh, how do you think better? <laughs> you know, that's the best way I can put mean? this. <laughs> well, how do you think differently now compared to what you did when you had all that self doubt? Like, what what you know, you must have a different belief structure behind this. Yeah, and I, I really though I think that comes from making a sale. And once you've made the first sale, you know, you can do it and then you can you can make another one and another one. And just, I guess, knowing that, I guess if people can see that I had that much doubt and I really didn't think it was going to happen and I was certain in every part of my cell and every single cell in my body was so certain that I, after that six months when I crashed that I was not going to make any money from this. And now I can see endless possibilities and now I can see, I can just add this product and sell that affiliate product and do this and that and and I can keep making more money from it. So that's, I guess, a more positive mindset and a more open open mind about the, the possibilities of it. Mm. Yeah. So it sounds like celebrating the little successes along the way is really important. Definitely, definitely. So yeah. Whether that's a comment or a sale, you know, all those little things. Yeah. All right, great, friend. Uh, to find out more about you, uh, highonhealth.org, H-I-G-H-O-N-H-E-A-L-T-H.org. Well done. Thank you. I was reading that off your, oh, <laughs> off your website in front of me. <laughs> um, and, I mean, obviously that website's about you, but uh, I guess for people who are interested in the same subjects as you, we're talking about things like, um, well, what, acne treatment and what else will they find there? Yeah, it's, it's not so much about acne treatment anymore. There's an acne section in there where you can get everything that you ever need to um, clear acne naturally and holistically. I talk a lot about nutrition now and other kooky health stuff. So lots of alternative cutting-edge health stuff in there as well. Yeah, And raw food especially. I, I really recommend everyone check out uh, just the, the simplicity of Fran's blog's design, the, the email newsletter opt-in, um, the things like her shopping cart is fantastic. Go check out her YouTube page. You can see someone who's really developed a great uh, presence in YouTube and, and drives that traffic back to her blog and how she's doing that. So there's a lot to learn from Fran. And as you can hear from this interview, she started literally with, uh, you know, uh, coming from the workforce and, and never having had a, a blog or done this strategy before. So it's certainly possible. And I think you can you can hear in Fran's sort of voice as well that she's um, not pretending to be an expert in, in any of all this and, and had some 
pretty good success. So hopefully you all find that inspiring. Thank you, Fran, for um, telling the story so honestly. I really appreciate that. And, Absolute um, pleasure. I look forward to seeing where you, where you head to next with this. Great. Thanks. And we're off. <laughs>